All right, if you'll take God's precious word and turn to the book of Proverbs tonight. The book of Proverbs, chapter 3, and God willing, we'll be expounding verse 17 and 18. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. The title of the message tonight is Wisdom, Our Tree of Life. Wisdom, Our Tree of Life. It's amazing how, no matter how deep you go or how far you go in God's Word, it always takes you back to the beginning. In the previous verses, Solomon told us that wisdom, we looked at this last Wednesday, wisdom is a two-handed gift from God, handing us life with one hand, handing us honor with the other. Remember that? Look that last week we saw the gospel is the wisdom of God that Solomon is describing. It's the gospel, not only giving us eternal life with the right hand, but also justifying us by Jesus' blood with the left, conforming us into His glorious image, and writing the law of God on our hearts. Now tonight, Solomon continues to praise the wisdom of God, telling us that, look in in your text, her ways are ways of pleasantness. Wisdom's ways have been a continual theme here for Solomon. And if you'll remember that the ways that Solomon is talking about is talking about the roads that we travel. We're all leaving this earth in a short time. We, we, we're not here long on this earth. Our, our, our life is brief. And every day is pushing us further and further and further. To going to our eternal home. So because of that. We have to understand that our life on earth. Is just a journey. And it's up to us which roads we take. While we're on uh, here in, in our, on our journey. And when Tammy and I go uh, out of state to visit her family, there's many different routes we could take, but through experience we learn which ones are a little more amiable for us, and we choose to take those routes. And it's the same way in life. Uh, you know, Solomon's saying, hey, we all have to make this journey. Every one of us have to make life's journey, so why not Travel the roads that God's wisdom has laid out for us. Why not take the route that the Creator has laid out for us rather than the, 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 the route that our flesh tries to forge that's full of trouble and, uh, or the devil tries to, to get us to take. Uh, Solomon says, take the ways of wisdom. But then here he tells us two things about wisdom. And they're fascinating tonight. And we're going to first look at the surface understanding, the, the, the general understanding of what Solomon is saying. And then, God willing, we're going to get into the deeper, greater spiritual understanding of what Solomon is saying. He says two ways or two things about the wisdom of God's ways. He says that her ways, that is wisdom's ways, are ways of pleasantness. Pleasantness. We travel the wise road that God gives us in His Word, every path that we take is a pleasant path. They say, well, Brother Richard, there's some days 
that I'm obeying the Lord doesn't seem too pleasant to me. Seems kind of rough to me. Uh, well, having pleasant past doesn't mean we won't have any problems in life. We live in a fallen world. Doesn't matter what path you take, we live in a fallen world. We're traveling, we're going through a journey in a fallen world that rebels against its creator. So we're going to have to travel through foreign territory, right? We're journeying just like Abraham was through foreign territory and sometimes lands that are hostile to the children of God. But God graciously provides for us on the route that he gives us in his word. And our fellowship with him is sweet at every turn, at every hill, every valley along the way. The word pleasantness means agreeable. If someone eats something that gives them an upset stomach, they may say, uh, that, that, that didn't agree with me. That didn't agree with my stomach. But wisdom's always agreeable with the child of God. Her paths will never take us in the wrong direction or cause us any harm in any way. Wisdom will always lead us to what's best for us. Keeping our feet from all the unnecessary drama and heartache that accompanies the foolish paths that we sometimes unfortunately take. But I told you I would tell you the surface meaning, the general meaning, which I just did, about her ways being pleasant and also uh, uh, being peace, uh, having peace, which we're going to look at next. Uh, but, but just remember, it's going to get deeper as we go. Her ways are pleasant. That means they're agreeable to the child of God. And look back in the text, and all her paths are peace. Peace, pleasantness and peace. Agreeable to the child of God and peaceful to the child of God. Wouldn't you love to be on a path like that? Well, if you're on wisdom's path, that's exactly what you're on. The Hebrew word translated peace literally means safe. Safe. All of wisdom's paths are safe. In fact, the root word means to be safe in mind and body and, or in a state. So wisdom gives us safety for our entire being, inside and out. And that's a wonderful promise for us that wisdom's paths are safe and they're agreeable. They're peaceful. It's a wonderful promise to us because it assures us that as long as we're walking the path that God laid out for us in His Word, then any trouble that we encounter as we're walking that path is not because of our actions. You hear that? If our paths are agreeable to the child of God, that means they're agreeable to God. If our paths are peaceful to the child of God, that means we're walking in the peace of God. And so any trouble that we encounter as we're following the Lord, we know that it wasn't because of our actions, which we tend to often do. This bad thing happened, God, what did I do to bring this on? A lot of times we try to do that, you know. But if you're walking according to God's Word, then the trouble you experience isn't due to any trouble you're in. I'm going to repeat that again. If you are walking according to God's word, then any trouble you experience isn't due to any trouble you are in. 
You're not experiencing heartache because God's mad at you. Wisdom's paths are at peace with God. Wisdom's paths are agreeable with God. Why? Because God's the one that gave us those paths to walk. Job's friends made a mistake. Job's friends assumed that Job was experiencing his trouble because God was angry at him. They assumed that Job must have been going down the wrong path, didn't they? That's what they thought. But Job wasn't going down the wrong path. He had been following the ways of God the best he knew how. And because of that, that allowed Job's conscience, at least for a time until, until his friends got in his head and his, his flesh got in the way, it allowed his conscience to be clear when he was confronted by his accusers. And when we run into trouble while we're walking wisdom's paths, then we have the peace of knowing that God is not working against us because he is working in us to make us more like Jesus. And repeat that again. When we run into trouble, while we're walking the path of God, when we're doing what God's word says, then we have the peace of knowing that God is not working against us, but he is working in us to make us more like Christ. Speaking of wisdom, Solomon says, Now I told you we're going to get into the deeper part of this. Remember, the paths of wisdom are peace and they are pleasant, right? Now look in verse 18 and we're going to see the deeper meaning of that. They're, they're, they're peaceful paths, they're pleasant paths, all the ways of God. Every one of them, Solomon says, are pleasantness and they're peace. Verse 18, she that is wisdom is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. Think about old Adam and Eve when they saw that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They had to lay hold on that, didn't they? It was there, but it was their choice. They had to reach out and take it. In last week's verses, we talked about the tree of life in the Garden of Eden some, didn't we? And we learned that God drove Adam from the Garden of Eden why? So he wouldn't be able to eat from the tree of life after he had eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we saw that it would have been a curse for Adam to forever live in his fallen flesh. What Adam needed was not a one-handed gift. He didn't just need life. Adam needed redemption, right? He needed a two-handed gift. Like wisdom gives, Solomon said. He didn't, he didn't only need to have God's life restored to him. He needed to have his sin removed from him. And God's righteousness imparted to him. So Adam in the sinful state he was in was forbidden to eat from the tree of life in the garden. Because God had another tree on its way. A better tree. One which would, his son would be on that would bear his sin in his place. Bear Adam's curse. Restore Adam's life. And provide Adam the righteousness that he needed. The cross of Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. It is the tree of life for you and me. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 23 and 24, if you're taking notes. The Apostle Paul said, but we preach Christ crucified. 
That means the Savior who was raised up on the cross and to die for our sins. He said, that's the message we preach. And he said this about the message of Christ crucified. He said, unto the Jews it's a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks it's foolishness. But here's what he said. He said, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, listen now, and the wisdom of God. Christ crucified is the power and wisdom of God. So the gospel of Jesus Christ is that two-handed gift. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God, who all of her paths are pleasantness and peace. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember what Solomon said. He said, all the ways of wisdom are pleasantness and peace. Now, verse 17, if you look at verse 17, take your pen and underscore, all her paths are peace. You see that? All of them. How many of them? All of them are peace. Do you know why all the paths of wisdom are peace? Think about it. How come? How come there are many paths of wisdom? I thought Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by Him. What does it mean all her ways are peace? We all travel different roads, don't we? We all encounter different things. You're going to encounter things I don't encounter in life. You're going to have troubles I don't have. I'm going to have blessings you don't have. And, and I'm going to have troubles you don't have and vice versa. We all have different ways, even, they all, even though we all come to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the Father. But we all walk different paths through life. Remember, uh, Jesus was talking to one disciple and he said, this is what is going to happen to you. And the other disciples says, uh, uh, he says, well, what's going to happen to this fellow over here? He said, well, that's basically none of your business. <laughs> follow me, you know, follow me. And so for me to follow Christ, Christ is going to lead me down the path he wants me to take in life. Brother Doug to follow Christ, Christ is going to lead him down the path he wants him to take in life. He's going to encounter things I won't encounter. I'm going to encounter things he won't encounter, but we're all following the Lord Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God to us. So why are all the paths of wisdom peace and pleasantness? It's because wisdom is a tree of life to us. It's a tree of life to us. And because of that, all her roads lead us to our eternal redemption in Jesus. It doesn't matter what path I take in life. If my faith is in Jesus Christ and Him crucified for my sins, whatever path I take in life, let's say I suffer persecution, say I get in prison for my faith in Jesus. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. And uh, we used to work together in Jacksonville. And in Jacksonville, there's a Baptist seminary over there. And one day, my friend Jimmy had the, the pleasure of meeting a, a young man there that was from a different country, a very hostile country to Christians. They had a lot of Muslims over there. 
And he became a believer, and he came to America, came to Texas, so he could go to that seminary and equip himself so he could preach the gospel and, and be a pastor. And as he was talking to my friend Jimmy, he told him, he said, you know, people over here in the United States, they, keep, they tell me, well, why don't you stay here and why don't you pastor over here? Find you a church to pastor over here. And he said, I can't do that. I've got to go back and tell my people the gospel. And so he did. And shortly after he went back, he was arrested and they cut his head off. That was his path. I don't know what my path's going to be. I know what it's been so far. But I don't know what God's going to lead me to in my path. But I know this. That preacher's path was a path of pleasantness and peace. You say, Brother Richard, how could that path be a path of pleasantness and peace? Well, let me tell you, that was probably probably about 25 years ago when that happened. And I don't know how old those people were that cut his head off. But 25 years has passed by. It could be they're dead themselves by now. If not, they will be shortly. Yeah, now Hannah, shh. It could be shortly. And you know what? It's not so much about the bumps in the road. It's about the destination that our path brings us to. And you know that pastor that had his head cut off? That was the road that wisdom took him on. That's the road the gospel took him on in life. You know where he is right now? Pleasantness and peace, Brother Doug. Pleasantness and peace. You know where those people's roads going to be on? It's not going to be pleasant. And it won't be peace. Because without Jesus Christ, there is no peace with God. So whatever your road is, we know that all things work together for good to them who love God and to them who are the called according to His purpose. Romans eight twenty eight. Think about that comparison. All the paths of wisdom are pleasantness and peace and we know that all things, all the paths, all the things. You see? Same thing. Basically, Romans 8.28 is saying what Proverbs chapter 3 is saying. All her paths are pleasantness and peace. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to His purpose. All things, all paths... That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, and we know that all paths of the wisdom of the cross work together for our good. The wisdom of the gospel of Jesus Christ is a tree of life to us. God gave wisdom to the Old Testament saints. How? Through the law. He gave them wisdom through the Old Testament law. Now you think about that just a moment. Solomon's father, Solomon, the one who's writing the Proverbs here, his father, King David... He wrote about the wisdom of the law. In Psalm 19, verse 11, if you're taking notes, Psalm 19, verse 11, Solomon's daddy said this. 
He said, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Conversion, converting the soul. Then he says, the testimony, which is the law, same thing, the, the, the ark of the testimony, right? The ark of the covenant, it's the same thing, still law. He said, the testimony of the Lord is sure, listen now, making wise the simple. So the law of God gives the wisdom of God. God's law revealed to God's people the insufficiency of their own righteousness. They heard those Ten Commandments coming down from Mount Sinai, and boy, they backed up. We can't, we can't get close to that. So God's law revealed to them the insufficiency of their own righteousness. God's law revealed to them the offense of their sin. Do you know what else God's law did? God's law was divinely coupled to God's grace. You think about when God had that tabernacle, even that holy of holies, God ordered Moses to put two things together. They had to be together. And that was the mercy seat and the Ten Commandments. The mercy seat was on top of the Ark of the Covenant, and the Ten Commandments were inside the Ark. God joined the law of God and the grace of God through an atoning sacrifice together. You can't have the law without the sacrifice, and you need no sacrifice without the law. You can never understand the sacrifice. You can't accept the cross of Jesus Christ, but by the law. That's why it is perfect. It converts the soul. It makes wise the simple. God's law pointed people to the necessity of the sacrifice of an innocent lamb, of blood atonement for their guilt. And of the need for a priest to intercede on their behalf. The law was the wisdom of God. Converting the soul. And the cross was the fulfillment of that law. God denied Adam the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. Why? So he could give us the tree of life in the person of Jesus Christ. Every wise person will see their need to be delivered from this failing world. Every wise person will see Christ as their only hope of salvation. The Eastern religions have no hope at all. They tell us that our hope is in seemingly never-ending cycle of reincarnation, giving us chance after chance after chance to get better and better and better. And they say, after so many cycles, you finally rid yourself of all the errors and have y'all found anyone that's been successful at that yet? I hadn't either. So they tell them things are going to get better and better and better and meanwhile humanity in this world is getting worse and worse and worse. Doesn't work. Eastern religions can't deliver us from this world. They can only reintroduce us back to the world again and again and again. That's no escape. It'd be like taking the Jews from Egypt and just marching them 
around the border of the Red Sea and then bringing them right back to slavery at Pharaoh again. They never get out. Never get out. Atheism offers us no hope. Atheism removes all hope. Atheism vainly elevates the creature to the position of the Creator, placing the burden of overcoming this world's demise upon mankind who caused this world's demise. Islam, it also removes all hope. Islam gives the requirements of the law, but it denies the redemptive sacrifice of the law. That's the brilliant thing about the, the Judaism, uh, the, the original Judaism and, uh, uh, and, and Christ, what Christianity, what true Judaism is, which they don't understand. God married the law to the sacrifice. Islam simply gives you the law, has no sacrifice. Thus, once again, it places the burden for deliverance and acceptance by God back on man, who, ever since Adam's rebellion in Eden, has been unacceptable to God. You know what Islam does? It just hands us more fig leaves. That's all it does. It recognizes we've taken from the wrong tree. It recognizes we need a tree of life. But instead of allowing God to cover us with the skins of an animal that died for us, Islam just says, here, here's more leaves. You can't be covered by a lamb. Now, we cannot deliver ourselves from our impending demise. What we need as the sons of Adam, is a tree of life. We need something outside of us. Eastern religions point you back to you. Get recycled, get better. Atheism points you back to you. There is no God, it's up to you. Islam points you back to you. No sacrifice, here's some fig leaves, spin them the best you can. We need something outside of us that can impart to us regenerating, restorative life that we so desperately need. And that tree of life is Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God. Notice that Solomon said, wisdom is, is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. The Hebrew word translated lay hold here, it means to seize something. It means you see it, you just take it. So I'll, I'll take that. Seize it. It has the idea of fastening on to something and making it your own. Just by laying claim to it. And the gospel is something that we can boldly go up to and lay hold of and seize it and make it our own. The cross of Christ places no restrictions upon sinner. It freely bids the sinner to come and take the water of life freely. People write to me all the time and they'll say something like, I, I just want to be saved, I, 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 but I don't think I can be. I think God's rejected me. I, I, I just want to know I'm saved and be saved. And Listen, if you want the tree of everlasting life in Jesus Christ, the only thing keeping you from laying hold of that cross is you. Is you. I tell some sometimes, I say, man, it's like, you're, it's like you're saying, 
Brother Richard, I'm so hungry. And I put a plate of food in front of you. And I say, well, then eat. I don't know. I just don't know if I can eat. Well, you want to eat? Oh, I'm hungry. I want to eat. Well, then eat. I don't know if God wants me to eat. Well, he's telling you to eat. I'm just so hungry. Well, man, look. And I'll tell him, look. You're going to have this choice right here. You're either going to take God at his word by freely taking the gift of his son. And if you don't, you're going to continue in misery like this until you die. The cross is not a place to work for. It's not a place to beg for. It's not a place to strive for. The cross is a place to boldly and freely claim it. By whoever wants to claim it. So if you want the salvation Jesus accomplished for you on the cross, then claim it now. And don't take no for an answer. God's not going to tell you no. He's the one that says to whoever lays hold of it. Whoever lays hold of wisdom. It's a tree of life. So that means the gospel is there for you to lay hold of. By obeying the gospel we have right to the tree of life. And then that right gives us the right to enter the kingdom of God. Revelation chapter 22 as we begin to sum this up tonight. Revelation chapter 22 verse 14 says. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life. And may enter in through the gates into the city. The Alexandrian text words it this way. Happier are those who wash their robes clean. And so have the right to eat the fruit from the tree of life. And to go through the gates into the city. Lastly tonight Solomon said, look back in your text. And happy is everyone that retaineth her. That is retains wisdom. He's saying happy is every person that holds the gospel in their hands. Happy is every person that possesses the knowledge of God. In his son Jesus Christ. And I can say amen to that. Happy is every person that has God's word in their heart. God's light in their eyes. We were born into a world of death. But through Jesus. God has given us. A tree of life. And with that we'll close tonight. And Lord willing take back up. Next Wednesday. In our next verses. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much tonight for your word. We're so grateful, Father, that all of the paths of wisdom, the paths of Christ, they, they may appear to work against us in this world. We may be in prison. We may be decapitated. We, we may be sick. And, and we are going to die. We may be troubled at every hand. But Lord, all of them have a peaceful and pleasant destination. And in Christ, in our fellowship with you, it's always peaceful and pleasant along the way in Jesus. We thank you, Father, for freely giving us this wisdom. For placing it within our reach through the gospel message. As it is preached to us. The limbs of that tree bend down so we can 
lay hold of that everlasting fruit. And we thank you, Father, for being so gracious to give it to us. Thank you, Lord. We ask, Father, Lord, you'll let this message sink deep down into our hearts and encourage us, Lord, knowing that our eternal destination is a pleasant and peaceful one. I pray if there's anyone here tonight that does not know Christ as their Savior, and we know they're without that peace because Jesus made peace the blood of his cross, and I pray, Father, they'll come to know him in that peace before it's too late. His precious name we pray.